From NPR and WNYC, coming to you from beautiful Brooklyn, New York, it's NPR's hour of puzzles, word games, and trivia, Ask Me Another. I'm Jonathan Colton. Now here's your host, Ophira Eisenberg. Hello, Jonathan. Hi, Ophira. Do you notice anything different about me? (gasps) Ophira? Wait a minute. Yes. You're wearing glasses. Why are you... Why did you just put glasses on? You don't wear glasses. I'm wearing glasses because uh, it turns out, remember when we were kids and um, our parents might say to us something like, don't sit so close to the TV because you'll ruin your eyes? Sure, yeah. Yeah, so I've been sitting pretty close to the TV, quote unquote, for uh, quite a long time now. (laughs) Now that you require glasses, here's the exciting thing. Uh You have a, no, you have a whole new like fashion Accessory. Accessory. This it took is me true. a long time to realize that you could do this with glasses, but my strategy when buying a when shopping for frames yeah. is that I've discovered that if I look at frames on the shelf and I'm like, oh God, those are too gaudy. Those are too yeah. <laughs> the guy who wears that pair of frames is a is an unlikable, overly stylish, show offy, real piece of work kind of guy. Yeah. yeah. And uh and so when I see those frames, I'm like, okay, try them on. And then <laughs> and then when you put them on, it transforms from the guy who's a jerk to the guy who's kind of kind of cool, got a little cool rock and roll vibe. So that's my that's my advice okay. to you. So I need to go look at the glasses and go like, all right, which of these say that I'm a guy who's a real piece of work? <laughs> well, not a guy necessarily. I mean whatever <laughs> Whatever you choose. But if you see a pair of glasses that you're like, yeah. oh, if I saw a lady wearing those glasses, I would think, oh, she thinks she's so great. Those are your glasses. Put okay. them on your face. <laughs> okay. I definitely don't own those you know glasses. What? You sh- you are so great, and you should represent to the world that you think so, and they will agree yeah. with you. Yeah. I still feel like the way I look, I have no idea how I look, but I do know that people have, uh, they'll ask me to water their plants or take care of their house while they're away, or ask me for directions. Yeah, rock and or, roll. Yeah, or assume that I'm there because I organized the party. <laughs> right. um, Do you work here? So, yeah, exactly. So I'm just going for the next level up. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> okay, exactly. <laughs> well, so now that you can see properly, do you yeah. want to... Read who's going to be on today's show? That's right. This week, I don't have to make it up like I usually do, which (laughs) drives our booker crazy because she's like, oh, great. I guess now I have to get Hillary Swank on the phone. (laughs) Anyway, today's show is stacked with delightful guests. Later, the amazing Grammy-winning musician Sarah Bareilles will play a game about her favorite show, The Golden Girls. Plus, from the beloved cartoon Rugrats, we have the actors who voice Angelica Pickles and Chucky Finster, Cheryl Chase, and Nancy Cartwright. But first, we'll play games with two guys who are no strangers to competition. So let's do it. Akbar Baja Biamala and Matt Eisman host American Ninja Warrior, the show where incredibly fit people run nearly impossible obstacle courses. It's now in its 13th season on NBC. Matt Akbar. Welcome to Ask Me Another. Thank you. Hey, we're so excited to play. Us. Yes, we're excited yeah, you are have. here. So, Akbar, you were a pro football player, and a few years ago you ran the American Ninja Warrior course for charity, thank and it was you. a great run. Oh, thank you. Was it as hard as you expected? Uh, it was It was actually harder than I expected because, you know, 
First off, I didn't realize how nervous I was. Just stepping up on the stage, I had this increased tightness in the chest, and I couldn't get out. In football, I have my teammates to kind of help out with that, and they're ah, they're you know yeah. they're doing all this other stuff, and you're running into each other. You've got the fans, and then there are eleven of you on the field on one side of the ball, and so if I mess up or something like that, you may not be able to see it. On Ninja Warrior, it's just you on the course. You're not paying attention to anything else. So that's a lot of pressure. Cameras and everybody watching you. But uh, I was able to... Your family. Your family. Uh. My kids had never seen me play professional sports. So I didn't want to be the dad that let my kids out. Like, oh, dad, I thought you were strong. Like, you couldn't do that? (laughs) You know, I wouldn't have never been able to live that down. Then I thought... I can't be up here telling people, oh, you got to keep your L's and you got to do this. And then I fall I'm like, I'm not listening <laughs> to you anymore. <laughs> right. And just, you know, just so people keeping the L's is when you are doing like any kind of uh, upper arm strength monkey bars, I'm going to say. Right. I mean, I'm learning. Keep your arms in L shape <laughs> to be able to sustain because if you stretch them all the way out, you are just going to burn out your muscles. Yeah, right? yeah, you just burn out a lot quicker. That's exactly right. I see you. Okay. Okay. <laughs> okay, ninja analyst. <laughs> For what it's worth, Ophira keeps her L's on every show that I've ever done with her. I really, every I walk single around one like of these this. recordings. I'm mostly a push for like this. It's key in trivia, we found too, actually. Just having your hand ready to hit a buzzer, it's a very good position for the arms. It's true. I'm ready to do high fives when, when, as soon as we're. We're all back, ready to do high fives. Uh, Matt, you have a really interesting backstory as someone who was a practicing doctor and yes. then left to do stand-up comedy. By the way, good company. Also, Ken Jeong, who you may know. Uh, I, I, yeah. I know very well. He hired me when he was still working at Kaiser as a cardiologist to come in and speak uh, to his to his group uh, with the conditions. So we knew each other through stand-up because oh, wow. Ken was moonlighting uh, <laughs> as a right. comedian, but he's like, you can't tell anyone I do comedy. Meanwhile, cut to the hangover when he appears and you got to see all of Ken Jeong in that one. And I thought, I think the secret's out now, Doc. <laughs> Uh, fantastic. So yeah, let's let's dive into some games. So in this game, every answer is actually an American city that has hosted an American Ninja Warrior competition. Oh, oh boy. Okay. Okay. <gasps> okay. All right. So we're going to imagine what happened if there was a production hiccup and the obstacles didn't arrive on time, so you had they had to improvise using landmarks that already existed oh, in boy. that city. It's going to be great. Oh, Here boy. we go. <laughs> All right, Matt, this first one is for you. Okay. Jessie Graff always nails the quintuple steps, but will she keep her eye of the tiger on the prize as she scrambles up the rocky steps? She's heading towards the buzzer. The Liberty Bell! Oh, she hit it a little too hard and it cracked! Not sure if she'll be penalized for that. Well, I know Pass and Stowe would be disappointed that that bell is cracked. (laughs) Um, and I know my guy Rocky Balboa, you know, he's a self-party. He comes, he comes, his hometown is the city of brotherly love. It's Philadelphia! <laughs> That's right. Oh, boy. Exactly. Okay. All right. Exactly. And what a way to answer. I'm just going to say. By the way, the only reason I know Pass and Stuff from the Liberty Bell was uh, because of Nicolas Cage uh, yeah. in, in National Treasure. <laughs> That's that's where I get my trivia from, movies. Okay. Whatever way you get it ends up working for you. It doesn't matter. Absolutely. All right, Akbar, here's one for you. Who needs the warped wall? Casey Cotton-Zaro just ran all the way up the gateway arch on her very first try. That's 630 feet. 
Wow. Well, this is interesting because um, I have no idea what you said. But I okay. will say the greatest show on turf took place in this very city, I think. Okay. Uh, is it St. Louis? It is St. Louis. All right. That's all right. right. Okay. All right. Okay. All right. All right. The famous yeah. Gateway Arch. Gateway uh, of the West. Uh, all right. I like that, though. You're like, I have no idea what you said, but here's the answer. <laughs> <laughs> all right, Matt. The Florida humidity won't stop Daniel Gill and Jesse the Flex Lebrec from trading in the Power Tower for a 2.5-mile race around a NASCAR track with cars. Oh, no. Daniel got stuck in a crowd of MTV spring breakers and sustained an injury from an errant bottle of Corona. <laughs> I remember that bottle of Corona. It was thrown uh, by a fan of, I believe it was Dale Earnhardt Jr. Because it had to be Daytona. Uh, that is totally correct. Yes, Daytona. We got out on that track and I nearly wet my pants because we had one of the NASCAR drivers taking us around about six inches from the wall at 190 miles an hour. And I thought... I'm gonna stick to hosting. Oh man! <laughs> no, so you got you got to ride in one of those cars. I've oh, always wanted to goodness. do that. Yeah. 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 Is it as scary as they say? It's very yeah yeah. Especially when they start messing around, getting this close to the wall. Like, come on, dog. Like, what are you doing? Oh. What are you doing? Like, <laughs> Uh, and I, I went with someone who was just an amateur, like, you know, doing like the, um, I forget what the amateur courses are called. And his, the, you know, the inside of the car was even disconcerting because it's sort of pared down. Yes. Right? So you're just like, yes. where's the Are there airbags in here? Uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Where's the radio? <laughs> All right, Akbar. We're in the shadow of the Alamo. And oh no, Isaac Caldiero's grip slipped and he plunged into the river walk. A shocking early exit for the rock climber and former champion. Oh, boy. Whenever I think of uh, the Alamo, I think of the general who used to give my team the Los Angeles Lakers fits. Um, I'm going San Antonio here. Yeah, that is correct. <laughs> Riverwalk. The Riverwalk. River Wait, what it, wasn't it the Admiral? Not the General. Oh, the General Shaquille O'Neal. The Admiral. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, well, the general is where he does insurance. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's good marketing because I think the you're right. That's it is hilarious. the animal. Yes. <laughs> All right, Matt. The Phoenix Naji Richardson's taking on our biggest course yet, 5.6 million square feet. He's already escaped Nickelodeon Universe and Rock of Ages Blacklight Mini Golf. He ran past 500 retail stores, and now he's on level four at Rick Bronson's House of Comedy. He'll need to keep it to a tight five to qualify for city finals. Oh, my. Where is that? Well, thank God you threw in that last one because I've actually performed at ah, Rick Bronson's House of Comedy. He's got a couple. It wasn't in Arizona. It was at a place that had, I counted, seven Orange Juliuses in it. <laughs> the Mall of America in Minneapolis. Yes, yes uh, That mall. place, I spent a lot of time there. And boy, did I get a lot of free samples over here. They they banned me from, from uh, Cinnabon. They said, no more. <laughs> I am so glad he got that one because there's no way I would have known that one. I was like, what? All right, Akbar, this is the last one. It's for you. Okay. Oh, boy. It's the finals. And instead of Mount Midoriyama, we're on a tour of world landmarks. Joe, the weatherman Morofsky, piloted a gondola down a Venetian canal. Salmon laddered up the Eiffel Tower and is making his way through every station at an all-you-can-eat buffet. Will he be... The Last Ninja Standing. I, I, I think I know this one. I, I, I've been around the world. I've done 40 countries in my life. 
there's only one place that I know. It is Las Vegas. It is Las Vegas. Okay. All right, all right, all right, all right. Viva Las Vegas. We'll play more games with Matt and Akbar after the break. Plus, we'll meet two voice actors from Rugrats, including Bart Simpson herself, Nancy Cartwright, and will musician Sarah Bareilles be brave enough to take on a Golden Girls trivia challenge? Probably yes. I'm Ophira Eisenberg, and this is Ask Me Another from NPR. The following message comes from NPR sponsor Wisent, a one-to-one tutoring alternative to online classes where you can learn face-to-face online. Get help with tackling new subjects and career skills or just catching up. Wisent lists thousands of personal instructors in over 300 subjects available for live, individualized lessons on their online learning platform. Head to WYZ. ANT.com to find your perfect instructor. Love it or your first hour is free because at Wisent, we take learning personally. This message comes from NPR sponsor, Sierra Nevada Brewing Company. Director of Sustainability, Mandy McKay, details one of the ways they are taking sustainability to heart as an operational philosophy. We have the largest solar installation in craft beer right now. Um, And that started back in 2007. And that coupled with a couple other on-site technologies, we're generating about 90% of our own power on-site at the Chico Brewery. Learn more by visiting sierranevada.com. Must be 21 or older. Please drink responsibly. An internal investigation found that a cop with the California Highway Patrol sexually harassed 21 women. But those findings were kept secret until a new state transparency law passed. We dug through hours of tapes to find out what happens to officers who cross the line. Listen to On Our Watch, a podcast from NPR and KQED. This is NPR's Ask Me Another. I'm Jonathan Colton. Here's your host, Ophira Eisenberg. Thanks, Jonathan. We're playing games with the hosts of American Ninja Warrior, former NFL player Akbar Baja Biamila, and comedian Matt Eisman. Are you ready for another game? Uh, yeah, love let's it. do it. Okay, great. So you host a highly athletic competition show, but this game is about competition that is far less physically taxing. We're talking video games. Ooh. Oh, great. Oh, yeah. Oh, this, oh, oh, this is all Matt. <laughs> <laughs> Akbar, Akbar, no video games? Do you play any video games? Um, well, I just bought my son. Um, now, see, what's the name of that game I bought you? <laughs> Oh, N- Nintendo Switch. I just bought them on Nintendo Switch. Oh, Nintendo Switch, Switch sure. Yeah, yeah. I just Nintendo yeah. Switch is great. Breath of the Wild, a really good game for that. I've been PS4 and waiting on the PS5, but uh, really been playing some Assassin's Creed. And yeah, <laughs> yeah. He's just trying to rattle you, Akbar. Don't yeah. worry. Yeah, 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 don't worry. Don't worry. Okay, give me old school ones, though. I can, I can handle Mario and Sonic. <laughs> uh, yeah, okay. And Zelda. By the, by the way, Akbar, I love the videos of you pranking your children. Oh, thank you so much. Right, yeah. you have four kids, ages nine to nineteen. Uh, yeah, 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 nine to nineteen. Two nine-year-olds okay. and nine to nineteen. Yep. And uh, there was there was one that I watched where you gave them candy apples for an uh, eating competition, but it was not apples; it was onions. Onions. <laughs> yes, <laughs> yes, yes, yes. And it took a long time to have those made too. <laughs> I, I, they I've looked been amazing. They yeah. looked amazing. 
Okay, so in this game, Jonathan and I will describe a video game peripheral, and that's something you use to play a video game other than a traditional video game controller. For yeah. example, a plastic guitar for okay. Guitar Hero. Okay. So you just tell us if it's real or something we made up. All right, okay, okay. I can handle this. Okay, Akbar, this first one is for you. In the 2009 game DJ Hero, players use a fake plastic turntable to scratch their way to immortality. Is that real or fake? That's real. That is totally real. Yeah, that's real. That's real. I remember that. Back in 2009, I Me just too. got married. Yeah, I just got married. Yes. Yeah, I, I remember that. Did the DJ at your wedding play that game instead of... Uh... <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> that is not a good uh, um, no. No. DJ for your wedding, by the way. If they're like, I, I learned uh, using yeah. DJ Hero. Yeah. <laughs> My favorite wedding DJ story, I have a friend who, when he got married, he had a DJ at his wedding. And at the beginning of the night, uh, he walked up to the DJ and he held out $300 bills. And he said, this is your tip. Every time you talk, I take one away. <laughs> wow. <laughs> I like that. If you're a brown-eyed girl, get on out there with Vanity. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Okay, okay. Exactly. <laughs> All right, Matt. The 2010 Nintendo Wii game Babysitting Mama came with a stuffed baby that you placed the video game controller into. And players took on challenges like rocking the baby to sleep or gently patting it on the back to make it burp. Real or fake? Oh, my God. Uh, I, I have the Wii, and I, uh, I knew they got pretty creative with it. Mm -hmm. I, I don't remember it. I'm going to say fake. I'm sorry it was real. That was oh, a real controller. Oh, oh what? <laughs> yeah. Yep. Yeah, stuffed baby. You put the put the controller. It was really in there weird. And... I, I mean, I felt weird putting the controller into the baby. I'm like, this just this one's an odd. It's an odd way to start. Yeah. yeah. I could just imagine some wife telling her husband to stop playing the baby game. <laughs> you got to the real baby. You got to yeah. put the real baby to sleep. Yeah. Yeah. Going for a high right. score. <laughs> That is the classic. That is the classic video game problem: is ignoring your child so you can play with your simulated child video game. Yes, that's right. Okay, Akbar. In the 2006 GameCube game, My Pikachu Tamer, players attempt to train an adorable electric-type Pokemon rescued from the wild. The game came with a wristband that administered a real electric shock to the player anytime Pikachu misbehaved. Is that yeah, real or fake? Yeah, that's totally fake. 2006, I was with the uh, then San Diego Chargers, and they didn't have that type of technology <laughs> back then, nor would that be humane, so I'm going to go fake. <laughs> yes, you're so right. Yep, Thank you that you were right. <laughs> Although I imagine right now Nintendo's going, that's a great idea. <laughs> yeah, <exactly. laughs> I mean, you know, like, I feel like Apple watches and what have you sort of, they don't give you an electroshock, but they, they notify they buzz, you. And, oh, they exactly. buzz you. I've got the aura ring, and periodically my phone will buzz and go, time to stand up and stretch those legs. My ring is calling me a lazy POS. Yeah. This is not why I bought this. I don't, I, don't need a, I don't need a machine to remind me of my shortcomings all day long. I got that covered. That's what that's what Twitter's for. Yeah, yeah that's right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There's there's so many ways. There's so many ways to feel insignificant. Okay, Matt. The 2009 game Tony Hawk Ride came with a full-size skateboard controller that virtual shredders stood on to pull off sick moves. Real or fake? 
Oh, I remember in the uh, arcades playing 720 where you had the skateboard. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, it sounds so plausible, and yet I, I don't remember the board control. I was wrong last time, though. I'm going to say no. No, it's fake. No, it's actually real. It's actually <laughs> real. And the reason you don't remember it is because the game was critically panned, and many people called it the worst well, game of the year. It and reminded it not- me of the Power Glove Nintendo had. Oh, I got yeah. that. Oh, I got that. And, and it was in the movie The Wizard of Fred Savage, and I got it, and it didn't, it was impossible. You had to put these controllers around the TV, and yeah. you're sitting there moving your wrist flat. Fins, nothing happened. Yeah. And after 30 minutes, I realized. Okay, I'm just gonna wear this to parties and try to pretend I'm bionic. But other than that, <laughs> I, granted, I was in college at this point, so it probably yeah, wasn't sure, it was cool. Away. It was cool then to be yeah, bionic. Sure. Yeah. All right, Akbar, the 1999 PlayStation fighting game Wu Tang Shaolin style came with a giant controller shaped like the Wu Tang Clan's iconic W symbol. And one magazine noted that the players needed quote the gargantuan hands of a mutant to comfortably use it. Real or fake? This is in 1999? 1999. Uh, I, too, was in college back in 1999. Mm -hmm. So so out of the 100 guys on the football team that, you know, I played with, I would have seen that. Um, I don't remember this game, but I'm going to say this was fake uh, because my sample size of 100 teammates, (laughs) I never saw any of these in any of the dorm rooms or apartments, so it's fake. Well, maybe they just made good decisions with their purchases because it was real. Really? But it was impossible. I'm going on eBay and I'm getting that now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, put it on the wall right next to your precious power glove. <laughs> Look at Ready these controllers. <laughs> I don't let everybody into this room, but come on, yeah, take a look. This is my controller room. <laughs> I do have all of my consoles going back to Pong. Uh, wow! 17 oh, really? consoles I have now up in my attic. I, I can't get rid moly. of them. Hold on, what is a Pong? <laughs> Thank you, Akbar. Was, was that before Atari? It was before Atari. The very first home thing. You were alive then? I was alive then, Akbar. <laughs> I remember back when video games were played on the radio. <laughs> <laughs> is that true? Is that true or false? <laughs> <laughs> All right, last question for you, Matt. In the mid-2000 series Donkey Konga, players used two bongo drums to play along to songs like Losing My Religion and Whip It. Real or fake? Now this, I worked on a home makeover show where we sold things at yard sales, and I remember the bongo drums. So I'm going to say, like Matthew McConaughey, all right, all right, I think that's real. (laughs) You're absolutely correct, it is real. Yeah, that game should just be called Becoming Matthew McConaughey. That's like, that would be perfect. Like, like when he won his Oscar, nobody really brought up that whole naked bongo playing thing. And I think that should be celebrated. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that was a good face. Who did enjoy that face? All right, great second game. Not that we're keeping track, but Akbar did win that one. Oh. <laughs> I cannot believe I, Okay, I, I need to give an acceptance speech because this will be the only time that I think I'll ever beat Matt in trivia. I just want to thank my family. Uh, I want to thank my, 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 my all my fans. Thank you so much for helping me with this. This is amazing. I feel like Ivan Drago after losing to Rocky. I'm disgraced. I'm disgraced. I'm going to be banished to Siberia. 
Oh my goodness, so much fun. Thank you. <laughs> Akbar Baja, Bia Mila, and Matt Iceman host American Ninja Warrior. Now in its 13th season on NBC. Matt Akbar, thank you so much for joining us. Ophira, thank Jonathan, you so much. thank you. Thank you, you guys so much. I gotta say, this is the best ever. Best ever. <laughs> okay, I promise. Okay, easy, Akbar. All right, all right. <laughs> Our next guests voice characters on the Paramount Plus reboot of Rugrats. Cheryl Chase plays the mean three-year-old Angelica Pickles, and Nancy Cartwright plays the nervous two-year-old Chucky Finster. You also know Nancy as the voice of Bart Simpson. Cheryl, Nancy, welcome to Ask Me Another. <laughs> Thank you, Ophira. Thank you, Jonathan. Pleasure to be here. Cheryl, I know that one of the, your early voice gigs was uh, the voice of the baby in uh, the 1987 Diane Keaton movie, Baby Boom. Yeah, I, I mean, when my agent set me up for that, I tried, I, I was doing the baby voice, uh, and, and there were 600 women also doing the same thing, you know, and, and it's like, how am I ever going to get a part like that? But I did. They picked me out of 600 baby women. I, I just have to say, what a weird day that must have been for the casting people. You know? Right. Right. Know. They're like, that baby sounds That baby sounds a little constipated. Yeah, I okay, do that not baby like that sad. baby at all. You know, I had the, I had the um, luxury of being cast in, in a loop group. And this is like the creme de la creme shot. I don't know if you, if you ever yes, did any looping. I was in a loop group. What it was loop, amazing. What is a loop group? Say, and when I'm dating myself, but when Harry met Sally, say the two lead actors are in a restaurant together and they're surrounded by extras around them that don't actually, they're, they're getting paid to be extras. So actors at in post-production are called in to do this atmosphere. And so there's a microphone that's in the center of the room or sometimes they have it hanging or else they have two mics on stands. And if they're just doing a general sound, they'll have the actors either walk very quietly or stand in a circle and they're they're just mumbling amongst themselves or else they'll hire a couple of actors and say, I'll take, we're the couple in the back there. I'll be the, the gal with the red hair and the, and the checkered, right. checkered yeah. top. And so you do these, you create improvisationally these scenes and you're just having a conversation with another actor. And then the editor takes that and brings the sound way, way down so you, you you never hear what they're actually saying. It's not to draw any attention, but it's to fill in to make that whole scene work. I, I had fun in one of my loop groups where I'm dating myself here um, in Total Recall with Arnold Schwarzenegger. Oh sure. yes, yeah. yeah. I was yes. I was the little Martian girl that <laughs> ran up to him and said, "What's your sign? I'm a Taurus." <laughs> and so he, and then he gave his line. So I actually spoke back and forth with Arnold Schwarzenegger. So nice. That, that was That's a good one. Yeah. So I mean, and now here we are with the the reboot of a beloved uh, animation show, Rugrats. So Cheryl, what was it like to step back into the character of Angelica? Did, did you just find her? Did she always kind of stay with you to a certain extent? I don't know how you feel about your characters. Oh yeah, she yes, yeah, I can just pull her out anytime, and she can say anything she wants to say. Angelica always gets the last word. You dumb baby. <laughs> uh, and Nancy, I know that you know you said that 
Chucky was one of the most difficult voices to do. And I know that you also said that you didn't originate this voice. There was a uh, actress by the name of Christine Cavanaugh who did the voice in the original for eight and right. a half years, retired. You stepped in yeah. and said this one was particularly difficult. Why is that? Yeah. Well, when they created this character, he's complicated. Chucky's a little complicated. He's constantly in fear and in terror. He's a, he's afraid to do anything. He's got a bunch of allergies. Uh, and the way Chris created that voice, she she used everything. You know, it's like the placement of the voice. Yeah. Yeah, Nancy, you're doing amazing, Chucky. Amazing. Oh, <laughs> oh thanks. I love him. Having Angelica there, I, if I were another character, I would want to be her because she is, she, you, she's delicious and you're so, you're so kind about her. She is just the troublemaker of the group and yet I just want to hug her. She, I just want to, <laughs> you said that because I want to make sure that Angelica, even though she's mean and she's bad, that she is likable, that she, people still like her. So thanks, Nancy. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so, yeah, we have a couple great games for you. So in this one, you're going to team up. You're going to work together as a team. Okay. Jonathan Colton is going to sing you the clues in this game called Animal Songs. That's right. We rewrote songs about animals to make them about fictional examples of these animals. <laughs> and you will receive credit for doing any one of the following things. You can name the character I'm singing about, the song that I'm parodying, or the artist who made it famous. Okay. Okay. Here we go. There are the flakes that are frosted, selling them is my goal. Standing up on my hind legs like a human. All my stripes looking snazzy on the box near your bowl. Paid by Kellogg's to tell you they're great. It's a living. I have a tiger. Eye of the Tiger is the song. That's right, Survivor. And you, who was I singing about? Tony the Tiger. Tony the Tiger, that's right. The yes. Frosted Flakes yes. uh, spokes cat. <laughs> All points that were possible were awarded. Solid. Solid work. Uh, okay, here's another one. Listen up, pigs, because I'll wreck your digs. I'll huff and I'll puff, blow your house down. Here's my two cents. That red sure is dense. She thinks I am grandma in her gown. It's the three little pigs. Three little it? pigs for sure. Three little pigs or yep, yeah, Big Bad Wolf also. Yes. We would have accepted, yes. Do you recognize this song? Hungry uh, Like a Wolf. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yes. Big Bad Wolf, we were looking yes. for it. Hungry Like the Wolf is this song. That is correct. Duran Duran. <laughs> a Duran Duran classic. Well done. And, yes, uh, yes. And Big Bad Wolf. All right, couple more of these. I am hot pink, I've got shades on You might think that I'm a pest It's a battery I am selling With a bass drum on my chest I keep going They won't let me rest Isn't that Go Ask Alice? That's exactly right. White Rabbit yes. by Jefferson Airplane. Ding, 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 ding. Winner, winner, winner. Chicken dinner. <laughs> uh, can, you, can you tell me the fictional animal that I was singing about? It is a, it's a bunny that sells batteries. Do you remember those commercials? Oh, yeah. yeah. And it says a bunny. That's right. <laughs> All right, this is the last one. 
Talking about yes. Big Bird, that is correct. I'm as free as a bird. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's right. Free bird, free bird, I think. Free bird free by bird. Leonard Skinner. That's right, you got them all. About Big Bird. Could there be a better match? As clever. Could there be a better match? <laughs> <laughs> After the break, we'll play another game with Cheryl Chase and Nancy Cartwright from Rugrats and musician Sarah Bareilles will tackle some trivia about her favorite show, The Golden Girls. So grab a slice of cheesecake, or in my case, a slice of cake with a slice of cheese on top. And stay tuned. I'm Ophira Eisenberg, and this is Ask Me Another from NPR. Support for NPR and the following message come from Culturel, who want you to know that an estimated 45 million Americans may have IBS, according to the International Foundation for Gastrointestinal Disorders. Culturel IBS Complete Support is a medical food for the dietary management of IBS. It's designed to relieve symptoms like abdominal pain, bloating, diarrhea, and constipation in a safe, well-tolerated, once-daily dose. Save 20% with promo code RADIO on Culturel.com. This is NPR's Ask Me Another. I'm Jonathan Colton. Here's your host, Ophira Eisenberg. Thanks, Jonathan. We're playing games with Cheryl Chase and Nancy Cartwright, who voice Angelica Pickles and Chucky Finster on Rugrats. Nancy also does the voice of Bart Simpson. Are you ready for another game? Sure. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Great. So we've established that you can work well together, but now we're going to see what happens when we make you compete. <laughs> oh, <boy. laughs> so wait, are you saying that it's Chucky against Angelica? Uh, Nancy and Cheryl, I want to just start this by horrifying every millennial in our audience when I say that it has been 30 years since the original Rugrats series premiered. So in this game, we are going to ask you questions about adult milestones as if they were toddler or baby milestones that you might read in a parenting book. Okay. So we're going to just go back and forth. Uh, Cheryl, this first one is for you. One important milestone in developmental achievement is when your child takes their first step toward the washing machine. It's important to let your child learn from their mistakes, like when they wash a silk blouse at home when the tag is marked with an empty circle symbol, meaning what? Oh, man. Hmm. You can tell I don't use silk blouses. <laughs> but if you were to... It's a pain in the neck when you clean them. You that's can't right. put them in the washing machine. Oh, you put them in the dry cleaners. Yes, Exactly. Yeah. Exactly, dry clean only something yeah. I do not buy myself. Because why? Why? Yeah. Febreze in a steamer. That's what I say. <laughs> that's right. Dry clean only means you wear it until it smells too bad to wear anymore and you throw it away. That's yeah, that's right. Disposable. It's disposable clothing. Disposable clothing. <laughs> All right, here we go. This is for you, Nancy. Okay. 
It can be difficult to wean your 30-year-old off of cheap wine, but if they're really struggling to tell their whites from their reds, you may want to consult a wine expert known by this French term. Oh, a sommelier? Sommelier, that's right. <laughs> Very good, Nancy. <laughs> you guys get this. They actually have water sommeliers. There are so what? many di- Yeah, there are so many different kinds of waters. There's huh. a restaurant in Hollywood that they serve something like 36 different kinds of water, and there's a water sommelier that comes to your table and <laughs> I'm that serious. Is, that is bananas. That is bananas. Do you look at a menu and you're like, I'll have yeah, the yeah. I'll have the night I'll have the 1972 French water? <laughs> Do they serve food at the restaurant or is it just water? Just yeah. water. No, it's just water only. <laughs> oh my gosh. Prefix. No, it's oh, it's both. <laughs> Come on. Hit us with another one. Let's go. What else you got? Cheryl. Yes. This one is for you. The sleepy 30s can be a difficult phase in any child's development. Fortunately, there are many different drink options to help maintain a healthy level of caffeination. One is the macchiato made from what two ingredients? The macchiato made out of espresso and milk. That's right. What? Yes. Really? Oh my gosh. I oh yeah. <laughs> oh. Okay. I'm... I mean, I don't know how you like your coffee. How do you like your coffee? Uh, uh, with a little bit of cream. That's all. That's it. Yeah. Yep. Yes. As, so I, we were discussing this. How much milk is in a cappuccino versus a macchiato? I did not know. You know, I used to be a barista, so I I I made a lot of coffee drinks, and yeah, cappuccino has a lot of foam. Macchiato, That's right. just a little do- dollop of foam. <laughs> All right, Nancy, this one is for you. It's the last question in this game. Okay. Healthy social development can help your child build self-esteem and practice language skills. Flirting with 10 different people can help them develop object permanence. As a bonus, they can develop digital dexterity by using this app that popularized swiping. Tinder? I don't know. Yeah, yeah that is right. Tinder. Oh, there good guess. <laughs> yeah. Nancy, I feel like you're playing coy. You're on Tinder all the time, aren't you? <laughs> no. <laughs> uh, another great game. Well done. Thanks. Thank you both so much uh, for playing along and oh, being such wonderful you. guests. Nancy Cartwright and Cheryl Chase voice Chucky Finster and Angelica Pickles on The Rugrats on Paramount+. Plus. Nancy and Cheryl, thank you so much. You're welcome. You can be amazing, you can turn a phrase into a weapon or a drug. You can be the outcast to be the backlash of somebody's lack of love. We're not just playing Sarah Bareilles because it's the only thing in our engineer's playlist. It's because our next guest is Sarah Bareilles. She's the Grammy-winning artist behind the hits Brave and Love Song. She stars in the Peacock comedy Girls 5 Eva, and her new album is called Amidst the Chaos, live from the Hollywood Bowl. Sarah, welcome to Ask Me Another. Hi, I'm so excited to see you <laughs> and hear you. you. Thank you so much. Uh, how's it going? I like your I like your backdrop, a tapestry. Oh, that's hilarious because it's <laughs> truly. I so I just moved into a new apartment in December, and now you know with everything is like they, you see so much of your home, and so I'm trying <laughs> yeah. to just like manufacture something that looks remotely considered, but it's a mess. <laughs> Can I just point out that you and I have both made the decision to put 
a thing on a Wurlitzer in view just, of our camera. I'm clearly <laughs> indicating that I am a musician. That's so right. That's what I'm going don't for. Don't get as it well. twisted. <laughs> um, you know, Sarah, I was reading about you, and you sang the national anthem on opening day at Dodger Stadium when you were a mere 14 years old. Yes, I. Oh sure my did. goodness! How, how does someone get a gig like that as a teenager? So my math teacher in eighth grade, Mr. Funkhauser, his brother somehow handled some of the bookings, the musical bookings for the Dodgers. And so they had (laughs) me make a tape and send in a submission. So my family drove down to Los Angeles from Eureka, California, where I grew up. So it's like an 11 hour drive or something like that. And I did opening day at Dodger Stadium and I was very dressed up. And somebody, as I walked to my seat, someone in the stands was like, it's California, chick. You know, like, you can relax. <laughs> nice. I'm like, I live here. I promise. I thought this was important. <laughs> now, I, you know, I know you're, you're 14, and obviously that was a big gig. That I'm sure that felt. Oh, yeah. Really big deal. Big. Really big deal. Did you think about your approach to the national anthem? You know, like, if you were going to do any extra flourishes, how you were going to approach the last couple lines? My dad was always pretty vocal about his disdain for people who would kind of, you know, make the national anthem too much their own. Yeah. So I think I took a pretty simplistic approach. I was very worried about forgetting the lyrics, which is something that continues to this day, even though, you know, how many times have we all sung that song? But I think I did a pretty straightforward, I might have done a like a, Hey! Or something like that. (laughs) Sure. (laughs) Um, So, okay, so in 2015, you composed the music and lyrics for the Broadway musical Waitress, and that was based on a 2007 film starring Carrie Russell. Now, I have heard that you've described your life um, sort of in two categories, before Waitress and then after Waitress. What does that mean exactly? It totally changed my... um, my sort of profile as an artist and as a creative. Um, It opened doors for me. I ended up making a TV show with JJ Abrams and a record with T-Bone Burnett and now a television show with Tina Fey. And I just, all of these things have opened to me in a way that I don't know that they would have found me otherwise, but I had no idea, first of all, how much work it would be because Knowing me at the time, if I had known that I would work as hard and as long as I did on this show, I would have yeah. been like, no, 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 no. I got other things <laughs> to do. <laughs> um, but I am so grateful that I did. It's It was working on something that was brand new and confusing and, um, you know, unpredictable. And you started it after a couple of years. When you were writing it, was that always kind of a plan that was percolating? Um, not in so many words, but I think I didn't know how to write anything for anyone else's voice at that point. Right. I had only ever written songs for myself to sing. So, <laughs> I mean, even... The, ma- the men in the cast were like, you do know where men... It's a different voices. range we have to... Uh, yeah. <laughs> like, the duets like, were work all... harder, work harder. <laughs> the duets were all up in the stratosphere. So um, I had a, a pretty steep learning curve in, in, in that sense, but um, I don't know. I don't think I had the confidence initially that I would be able to do it. And Jesse Mueller, who originated the role, was such a, a masterful 
storyteller uh, that I really just got to watch and learn from. So then, um, then when I stepped in, I felt like, okay, I can play and find my version of this role. But I had a really, I'd seen the show probably thousands of times at that point. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Before we uh, move on from musical theater, I just have to say one thing, which is that you and I both contributed a song to the SpongeBob musical. And your song was fantastic. Poor Pirates. I still remember it. <laughs> they, because they had me do a little bit of lyric punch up on some of the other songs. And uh -huh. let me just say there were a handful of songs that I was like, no one shall touch these songs. Because it was just perfect out of the gate. You're the best. Oh, thank <laughs> no, it's you. It's true. It was great. It was so fun. That show was incredible. It really I, we, was. We went to opening night and I was just like, this is, holy cow. It's yeah, awesome. it was like it was like a Broadway yeah. show in the middle of a circus or something. Yeah, it was, exactly. It was really great. Um, so uh, I, I, you know, we all have our different things that get us in the mode to create or write. And when you're sitting down to write, do you have a songwriting habit? Anything you have to do to like set the stage? You know what I'm learning. This just happened yesterday as I was working on a song. I think some of those things that I told myself are you know, it has to be this way or it has to be, are just little tricks I've told myself that are really me resisting just sitting down and like doing the work where I'm like, yeah. oh, but it's not, oh, it's not moody enough outside. And it's not, I don't have a coffee yet or whatever it is. I do need to be alone. That's, that's right. kind of like the only must have. No, we work for you. No, babe. No. <laughs> that is a terrible idea. Of going to we work to write songs. That sounds Just so. Create, I know. With an it's like a nightmare. Guitar. <laughs> it's a nightmare for hey. everybody. <laughs> And you just happened to tell us that you love something that we love, <laughs> so it's great. You told us that you love the classic TV sitcom Golden Girls. Yes. Do you feel oh, like I'm? Oh a fan? my goodness. You have I Golden Girls rose. prayer candles. That's I'm impressive. Holding, I have Sophia. Golden Girls prayer. And then, um, oh, you have them all. I sure have them all. Although I've somehow. Oh, no. Dorothy's holding up my phone right now. So. <laughs> it's good. Thank you, Dorothy. A place of honor. That's right. <laughs> so here's how this game works. We're just going to give you a statement about the Golden Girls. And you're just going to tell us if you think it's true or false. Okay. Okay. True or false. The Golden Girls kitchen set has been preserved at the Smithsonian National Museum of American History. Is, Is that true or false? Oh, I don't think that's true. You are correct. It is false. It is not true. Not that it shouldn't be true. No. But yeah. That iconic kitchen set was actually recycled <laughs> from a previous short-lived sitcom called It Takes Two. Who was in it? Do you know? Uh, Patty Duke, uh, Aston, Helen Hunt, Anthony Edwards, Richard Corinna, Billy Bird, Richard McKenzie, Randy Dreyfus, and Della Reese were in It Takes Two. That take that that takes more than two. <laughs> <laughs> All right, here's another one for you. Okay. Director Quentin Tarantino appeared on an episode of Golden Girls as an Elvis impersonator. True or false? False. That is actually true. Shoot. In fact, really? he credits the show with launching his career. <laughs> he says he was able to live off residuals from that appearance while he was working to get Reservoir Dogs made. Oh, my gosh. See, I think people should know there would be no Reservoir Dogs if there wasn't Golden Girls. 
That's right. That's we incredible. we owe a lot to Golden Girls for sure. <laughs> we do. <laughs> a lot of violent movies. We a lot owe. of violent movies came That's out of right. Golden Girls. People don't know. Uh, Estelle Getty, who played the oldest Golden Girl, of course, Sophia, got pregnant in between season one and season two. Is that true or false? That seems false to me. That does seem false. However, according to Betty White, who gives us the inside gossip, I don't know, uh, but she did say that uh, Estelle Getty got a facelift between season one and season two, which made things very hard for the makeup department. I have to go back immediately today. (laughs) In fact, I have to go because I have to walk. Oh, my God. Really? Yeah. Wow. That's amazing. Yeah. So last year, the Golden Girls was ranked among Hulu's top 10 most watched shows. Is that true or false? Oh, that feels very true to me, but I could be, yeah. Yeah, No, it's true. True. It's totally true. Uh, I mean, obviously, it's reaching a younger audience. There's a lot of us that watch it again yeah. because it, you're right. It feels it's it feels good. It's feel good television for it's sure. It's also very con- it feels very contemporary. They talked about a lot of issues that were so you know progressive at the time, and it was wildly like radical to have older women be sexualized in any way. I mean, it just things. I know, like, and not a like science fiction. No. <laughs> <laughs> So, yes, a Hulu spokesperson said it was categorized as comfort television, along with uh, Law & Order SVU, which is also frequently in the top ten. So, there that you go. That is really, yeah. It says a lot about us, I think, as Wait, people, really? doesn't it? That's right. You're, either you're a Golden Girls person or a Law & Order SVU person. Yeah. <laughs> Whatever helps you sleep. Yeah, right. <laughs> All right, this is the last one. After Golden Girls ended, Betty White, Estelle Getty, and Rue McClanahan starred in a spin-off called The Golden Palace. In it, their characters buy and run a Miami hotel, and the show also starred Cheech Marin and Don Cheadle. True. Yeah, it is true. Have you seen Which have you is, seen the show? I've seen I think not much of it. How many did it even make a full season? One season, yeah. That's one it. Season. Made one. Yeah. Yep. Twenty four episodes. So oh. We, we, we undercut you, Golden Palace. <laughs> yeah, sorry, sorry, Golden Palace. I promise to watch. <laughs> Sarah, you did, I mean, like, again, no reason for you to know this level of Golden Girl trivia, but you did fantastic. I'm just, I just am such a fan of the show. What an awesome show this is. It's, oh, thank it's you a, so much. It's a cupcake. Thank you. I love it. Sarah Burrells' latest album, Amidst the Chaos, live at the Hollywood Bowl, is available now, and you can catch her in the Peacock comedy series, Girls 5 Eva. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you so much. Thanks, guys. That's our show. Our house musician is Jonathan Colton. Hey, my name anagrams to Thou Jolt Cannon. Today's puzzles were written by our staff, along with Nick Garrison, Madeline Kaplan, and senior writer Karen Lurie, with additional material by Kara Weinberger. Ask Me Another is produced by Nancy Seichow, James Barber, and Ramel Wood, with Gianna Cappadona and her intern, Zach St. Clair. Our senior producer is Travis Larchuk. Our senior supervising producer is Rachel Neal, and our bosses' bosses are Steve Nelson and Anya Grudman. Thanks to our production partner, WNYC. I'm her ripe begonias. Ophira Eisenberg. And this was Ask Me Another from NPR. 
It's the end of the podcast, but it doesn't have to end here. Why not follow NPR Ask Me Another on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram? And you can give us a review on Apple Podcasts. It helps other people find the show. Next time on Ask Me Another from Better Call Saul and The Mandalorian, John Carlo Esposito talks about meeting Baby Yoda. Then comic Bethany Van Delft and musician Don Will answer the question, is it broccoli? Plus, from Hacks, we play games with comedy couple Lucia on Yellow and Paul W. Downs. So join me on NPR's Ask Me Another, the answer to life's funnier questions. <laughs>